last week we spoke about proper attitude in prayer. But today, we'll be looking at hindrances to answered prayer. And our text will be reading from the book of First John. First John chapter 5. Chapter 5 from verse 1 to 5, I read. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat loveth him, also that is begotten of him. Verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Verse 5, which is the last verse for now, Woe is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. 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 Let's look at the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 22. I read, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. In drunks, means to prevent or make it more difficult for something to happen. That's the meaning of hindrance. It is perfectly normal for an obedient child to ask for something from his father and the father would gladly grant him. You see, but when a child is disobedient, he will be reluctant to ask his father of, of, of some things that he or she needs. And then, even if he um, has the boldness, have the boldness to ask the father, the father will not give. The father will even remind him that, you know you are a disobedient child, so why should I give you what you are asking for? So, but if an obedient child will boldly ask for food at every meal time and get it, and even get all he wants, using this figure, the Savior said in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew 7, from verse 7 to 11. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, 
Who is, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good, good things to them that ask him? Can you imagine? If we as human that we are that are born into sin can think of buying beautiful things for our children, then how much more our Father in heaven? Another example in this our contemporary world is that you see, if you have an account with a bank and your account is in good condition, you will the bank will always honor every check you draw. They will, once they see the check, they will honor your check. So, why then can we children of God not be able to draw from the heavenly bank every day? You see, as a matter of fact, anytime we ask God for something and it is not happening, then that should be a proof to us that we have done something wrong somewhere. We have, we have heard. So we should take it as something that we have to do something about immediately. According to the promise of God in the book of Matthew chapter 7, that we should ask and it shall be given unto us. That alone is a direct command for all Christians. Whatever we ask in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, will be given to us as long as we keep his commandments. So, we're getting things from God every day should be our business. Whatever it is that we want, once we ask God, we have the assurance that he will surely do it. So, we should even take it as a daily business. Oh, today, I want to ask God for this, and I know before the end of the day, it will be granted. We should always exercise our faith. But you see, when a Christian fails to have his prayer check cash, he should regard it as a proof that something is wrong which needs immediate attention. We should always make it an habit to check ourselves daily. Especially when we ask God for something and there is no response, then we should see it as an evidence that, no, I've done something evil and make adjustments. So now let's examine the word of God and search our hearts to see why our prayers are hindered. Number one, fainting. Let's open to the book of Luke chapter 18 verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not faint. Someone that have a, a prayerless life, how do you expect him to get something from God? 
because the heavens does not even recognize a voice. The only, even when such person is going out in the morning, you will not hear the person say a word of prayer. A song says, Hey, Olivia, this morning, did you sing to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus? So we should always pray, always, always find time to pray. God gave us 24 hours in a day. So it is not difficult. It should not be difficult for us to, to have time for God out of that 24 hours. Even if it is 10% of that 24 hours, spend it with God and you will see a radical change in your life. Number two is idolatry. When we talk about idol, we are not talking about, we are not really talking about um, this idols you see in the shrine and whatever but what we are actually talking about here is anything that is taking the place of god in your life is an idol whatsoever that you rate higher than god is an idol it can be money it can be other activities maybe your business your family in order of priority God should be first in one's life. The next, the family. Then after the family, you cannot talk about your ministry. But anything that you are rating higher than God has become an idol. Do you know that it is possible for one's ministry to become an idol? A ministry that you are running and though you talk about God, but practically, when people come to you for help, you know you can render this help, but rather you will ask them, ha, is everywhere, just go ahead and pray. When the answer to their prayer is in your pocket, then that ministry has become an idol. You encourage people to give to your ministry, but you cannot give out. You encourage people to to come and you know you use them for so many things in your ministry. But when it is now time for you to feed the sheep, you feed them junks, not the real true word of God. So that has become an idol. So whatever it's it can even be your family. I cannot leave my family and say I'm going to church. No, as long as since my children and my wife are told, Sunday is the only day I have to spend with them. So I'm not going to church today. I will spend all the time with my family. Then you have turned your family to an idol. You have rated them higher than God. And God is not always happy with that. Number three is stinginess. Let's open to the book of Luke. Chapter 6, verse 38. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, 
and run him over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that he met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Apart from the Bible saying this, it is a general law. It's a general law that when you give, you will also receive. The Bible also says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Yoruba people will tell you, okay, Lord, that is the hand of the giver is always up, but the hand of the receiver is always down. Meaning, if you are giving to people, you will receive many in return. There's a particular Bilonia when they asked him, what is the secret of your success? He said, giving. He said, whenever he gives out, in fact, it even gives him joy to give to people because what he will receive in return is more than what he is giving out. So we should not wait until we become a millionaire or a billionaire before we give. There are also some things we call uh, sacrificial giving. Those ones are even more acceptable and it brings forth uh, immediate blessings. Let's say, for example, you have a, just a cup of rice and someone came to you and please, brother, I have not eaten since three days ago. As a matter of fact, I don't even have what to eat today. And you that you have just one cup, you know that you had just this morning. You were only saving that one cup of rice for evening time. In such a scenario, you see some saying, it's just only one cup of rice I have, and I am not ready to give it up, because if I give it to you, then what do you want me to eat? But this kind of giving brings forth blessing. Giving, look at the widow in the Bible. That the prophet of God told that, what do you have at home? He said, just a, a flower. And that is what I want to use. I want to cook now for myself and my children to eat. And then that will be all. We'll wait till death comes for us. You can imagine that kind of situation. There is famine in the land. There is famine in the land. And there is no, even if you hold money, there is no place you get food. If you have money. In that kind of scenario, money is useless. I've witnessed that kind of a thing in, when I was in school in Osho State. There was no light for seven months in a student's living area. And it got to a point, they kept, they kept um, postponing our exam dates. It got to a point, people refused to, to travel because they were like, any moment from now they may announce exam timetable. So we couldn't go home. It got to a point, people started, because money is even, was even valueless. You don't have the money, or even if you have the money, there's no food. So we started exchanging, doing trade by butter. You ah, have rice. Me, I have kerosene. Do you need kerosene? Take kerosene. Let me, let me get from you. We started exchanging things. Ah, I have food at home, but I don't have what to cook it with. Oh, me, I have palm oil. I have maggi. I have this. People will just gather everything together and then go. 
But you see, in this kind of situation, there are some who does not even have anything at all to exchange. So that is where sacrificial giving comes in. Like in the case of the widow. He, she gave all. She gave all to the prophet of God. And the Bible says she did not laugh till the famine was over. So that is, we, can, we should not allow stinginess to debar us from getting um, God's blessing. Number four is unforgiveness. Let's look at the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 25. Mark 11. And when ye stand praying, forgive if he holds against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. We should not let unforgiveness to be rooted in us. Just like I said last week Sunday that when you are coming to God in prayer, you should always set aside whatever it is that you have against your brother. Settle it first before you talk to God in prayer. Because though it is, in fact, is one of the things that hinders one's prayer. We should, even before our brother or sister um, sinned against us, we should always have it settled in our mind that they are forgiven. So that it will not cause an in that prayer. Um, a wise man once said that unforgiveness is a prison. And it's not even the person that offends you that is in that prison. It is you yourself that is in that prison. So for you to release yourself, for you to gain your freedom, you have to forgive. May the Lord help us as we continue to forgive all those that trespass against us in Jesus' name. Number five, ignoring God. When God is telling you something and you are ignoring it, there is a silent, a quiet spirit within man that always tells you when you're about to, that always warned you when you're about to commit evil. When you're about to do anything, whether good or bad, there's always a quiet voice inside man telling you, this is good, this is bad, don't do it. This one is good, do it. That voice is the Spirit of God. Just like God has given us His breath from the beginning. The breath is still, that is even what makes us human. Once you, have, once you silence that voice, then you are no longer human. That is why you see a lot of atrocities today. Those people committing that atrocities, they have silenced the Spirit of God in them. Every man born of a woman has that Spirit. Because it is, it is what makes us who we are. It is what makes us human. So immediately you silence that spirit, 
you become an animal. You become an animal because animals we, in the beginning in the book of Genesis, we did not read in the book of Genesis that animals were given the spirit of God. No. God did not breathe life into animals. He only commanded them into existence. He spoke the word and they, they came into existence. So only human being was given the breath of life by God himself. So that breath of life stands as our conscience today. Whatever you want to do, if it will not glorify God, the Spirit will tell you, no, don't do that. It will not bring glory to God. Immediately you silence that spirit and you go ahead to do it. Then the person becomes an animal. So we should always be attentive when God is speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. We should not ignore him. Sin. That's number six. That's another another um, Another thing that can cause hindrance in prayer. In fact, it is paramount. It summarizes everything. Sin. Because ignoring God, unforgiveness, stinginess, idolatry, fainting, they are all sin. So, it summarizes everything. When we sin against God, we, we are sure that God will not answer our prayer. May God give us the spirit that will overcome sin in the name of Jesus. Even whenever temptation comes, the, the ability to be able to overcome it, God will grant unto us in the name of Jesus. In conclusion, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So let us always endeavor to keep our heart jealously. Let's keep our heart jealously so that we will be able to keep the commandments of God. May the Lord help us as we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, King of Glory, we worship you. We thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. We thank you for opening our eyes to the things that are hindering our prayer. Be thy exalted Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. Almighty Father, we ask that as we have heard your word this morning, Lord, we ask that it will become part and parcel of us in the mighty name of Jesus. We will not lose it at the end of the day. In the mighty name of Jesus. This word that we have heard today will not stand against us on judgment day. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you overwhelm, overwhelm us with the power to overcome sin. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.